Welcome, everybody. This is the Script to Screen podcast with your host, Ken Carey, where three decades of proven experience has launched products, built brands, and generated profits. These are the stories behind the businesses that have been built. All right, so I'm very excited to introduce Dan Bilger on the Thought Leader Thursday webinar series here at Script to Screen. And Dan is the Vice President of Product Development and Marketing at Cleva North America. And that may not mean a lot to a lot of people, but Dan, explain to me who Cleva is and a little bit about your background. Sure, sure. Uh, well, thanks. Thanks for having me. Um, Cleva um, is a um, small to mid-sized company located in Greenfield, South Carolina. They um, own several brands, um, one of which is VacMaster, which is in the uh, wet-dry vac business, and it's an up-and-coming brand that's mm-hmm. starting to gain uh, popularity. Um, but another thing that they do is we license um, brand, some brands as well, So, and we manufacture under license. And, and one of those examples is we manufacture Kenmore vacuums under license, uh, and, and that's uh, probably a lot of what you know, we're here to talk about yep. today. Yeah. Uh, my my background um, is uh, I've been in consumer durable goods, consumer products, my whole career, more than 20 years. Uh, mm-hmm. Most recently, before Cleva, I spent uh, some time uh, managing shark vacuums at Shark Ninja, um, and so you know I've been in and around. Uh, this space and this category for quite a few years. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's been interesting to see um, just the evolution, not only of products, but how products are marketed in the space. So when I, I'm going to go back a little bit for our audience, because um, Dan and I first met when he was at Shark Ninja and that company was going through just e- explosive growth at that time. Right. And Dan had a, an interesting at least from my perspective, an interesting role of working with the, the, the I, ca- I call it co-CEOs and, you know, your team in marketing and product development and, yeah. and seeing it all come together. And that's where we met. And that's where I um, just gleaned a lot of respect for you, Dan, of knowing as a, as a product development guy who really knew how to market, which is right. such a rarity, such a rarity. I was so glad to, to see that you um, now are with Cleva, and and that's how we got connected again. Is um, Dan reached out to us to do a direct to consumer campaign to relaunch an iconic brand like Kenmore. So let's get right to the the brass tacks here, Dan. So when it's the responsibility of like bringing Kenmore back to the the world, if you will, tell me how that decision came about. And why direct-to-consumer was right. the direction that you guys decided to take? Sure. Um, so in terms of, I mean, Kenmore as a brand never really went away. Um, but what I would say is for a, a long time, uh, really uh, back into um, history, um, Kenmore as a vacuum cleaner brand was only available at Sears, right. at Sears outlet stores, right? And so with uh, Sears uh, cutting down significantly on their number of stores, 
um, it was pretty clear that if that brand was going to continue and exist, and there was a lot of good products developed and mm -hmm. very good consumer reports ratings and a lot of goodwill and, and good products developed over the years, um, that they needed to find an outlet for distribution outside of Sears. And that's where Cleva came in. Um, and as a, as a licensee of the brand, have the ability to uh, really approach the market and as you say, reintroduce the brand uh, for vacuums. Um, mm -hmm. Obviously, Kenmore brand is out there and a lot of different ways across multiple retailers on other types of products, right. like large appliances and all the way through. Um, however, as, as it relates to vacuums, we wanted to introduce some new innovation. We wanted mm -hmm. to introduce uh, some new technology and relevant new products, but we also wanted to build on the goodwill of the Kenmore brand. And we wanted to um, really latch on to some of the basics and the kind of a strong foundation to build from. Mm -hmm. um, and in terms of why we chose direct response, right? Um, I mean, this is something that I've been, I, I guess, living with for a while. And I've gotten to understand that if you have a lot to talk about on your product, <laughs> um, you know, if you don't have a medium to tell your story and to communicate directly to your consumer, it can become somewhat of a challenge. The ability to tell the story completely, as opposed to a few bullets on the front of a box. Or in 15 seconds or 30 seconds. Right, right. It makes all the difference. And so, you know, and the so ability to tell the story is probably number one. Mm -hmm. Number two for me is the ability to reach lots of folks in a cost effective way. Um, you know, running traditional advertising um, with a small to mid-sized company could be a pretty tough sell. And a lot yeah. of folks watching probably can very much relate to that, yep. uh, where, you know, you need to get your word out, you need to tell your story, but you don't have 10 or $20 million to spend on a traditional national advertising campaign. Mm -hmm. um, and so, the, and then the third thing is, you know, with us, um, establishing new relationships with new retail partners outside of Sears, um, it was important that we could uh, explain to them, to explain to our retail partners, you know, how we're going to support them and how we're going to drive folks into their stores so that we can all be successful. I think what's really interesting about that comment, Dan, is that, you know, creating um, a direct uh, a DRTV campaign or a direct-to-consumer campaign is one thing, but you have to you have to, it's hand in hand with your retailers because they want traffic. They want people that know about your product and want to buy your product. Otherwise, you have no chance with them, right? You're just another person standing in line pitching something, right? Right. And, and I mean, you, you, you need to have the whole package, right? So number one, you need to have a product that's relevant and that's not just like everything else, yep. right? And that introduces and really breaks some new ground. Um, you need to have, a, in, in many cases, a brand. Mm -hmm. uh, that's recognizable, or you need to have the ability to create one. Right. Um, and you have the ability to, you know, once you have folks attention, whether it's the buyer or whether it's, uh, someone at the end, uh, at the other end, watching a, a direct response, uh, media, mm -hmm. um, you know, you, you have their attention. Now you want to have the ability to say, why am I excited about this? And why do I think you should be excited about this? And it's, it's, a, it's, a, there is, there's, there's no daylight in between you and your message and who you're trying to get to, which I think, um, is unique yeah. uh, in, in the way that that's delivered. So one of the things that I wanted to get into that I hope that I think would be really, um, a value to our audience is the fact that you have a new product, you have a, you have a, an iconic brand, 
but you have a whole new way of delivering a uni unique selling proposition to the right. consumer, especially, and I'm not going to, you know, blow your thunder here, but because I want you to de describe it. You had a, you had a, a much, it's not just reintroducing Kenmore. It's not just building retail relationships, which is monumental enough. You have over a decade of hundreds of millions of dollars telling consumers bagless is the only way to go. So right. other people have mountains like this. You had one like this, right? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And we're, and we're still climbing. Yeah. But, <laughs> but, um, but we're ascending. But, 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 but we're ascending. Right. Um, and, and I, I feel like, again, you know, having the right product means it's not just about the brand. It's just not about checking the boxes, but going in and really being able to tell a unique story. So in, and in this case, as you mentioned, you know, we have a, we have a, a marketplace that's made up of roughly 90% bagless vacuums, uh, uprights yep. and, uh, about 10% of the uprights are, are bagged. Um, and you know, some of the, some of those bag vacuums are vacuums that people would recognize and that have been around for many, many years. So for us to come into, um, the space and introduce something that really changes completely the narrative, yes. um, you know, was, was very interesting. And what we realized, the more we talked to people and we did our research up front and, and started to get product in the hands of people to use is that they really very much, um, were experiencing a pain point with bagless right. that nobody was talking about, that it was just invisible. Um, it was a frustration. It was almost like, you know, uh, keep calm and carry on. I mean, it was, everybody was dealing with it, but nobody was talking about it. And, right. and because there was no, there's no solution. Exactly. So if I don't it, talk about it, it doesn't exist. <laughs> right. If, if it's a, if you're making a bagless product, there's no solution to the problem or, um, you know, at least not one that's been invented yet. Right. And so, um, so by going back to introducing a bagged vacuum, what we were able to do was to take that pain away yep. uh, and replace it with some delight uh, in that I don't have to, I don't have to touch the messy dirt. It's easy for me to empty. My house is going to be cleaner. I don't reintroduce these things back into the air. So that really resonated with people, continues to resonate with people. Um, and, um, you know, it's not everybody all at once, right? Yep. But what's going to happen is, you know, little by little more people are going to hear this message yep. and they're going to start to think uh, differently about uh, perhaps mm -hmm. about the way that they uh, they look at the category and so and so when you look at direct to consumer and you think about everything that you just said yep. it becomes perfectly clear that that's not happening in 15 to 30 second increments with yep. oodles of cash it's burning a hole in your pocket for a traditional campaign right i mean it is a, a fairly straightforward message but it's still it's it's important like that's one part of the message yes but there's a whole no, there's a, there's a lot more than that like that's just one element mm -hmm. but i got to check all the other boxes too i got to make sure that the product is going to delight the consumers not just in how well it empties mm -hmm. but in every other respect too Right. Uh -huh. uh, and so, you know, whether it's maneuverability or lightweight or, you know, uh, all, all of these things, cleanability, ease of use, uh, th all those boxes need to be checked. 
And, um, you know, a, cons- a consumer's relationship with a vacuum is one that, you know, if, if I'm not, if you're not checking the boxes, it can create an incredible amount of frustration. And if you are checking all the boxes, it can, you know, ease a lot of pain. And so people actually do a little bit of research and they figure out, you know, I, I want to go out and I want to find one of those five-star vacuums I keep hearing about. Yep. And, and you got to make sure that you, that you are. Yeah. So, so what Dan is explaining is that, that, you know, it's a fairly simple message, but there are so many reasons to believe that we as marketers have to um, get consumers to understand. And then you got to pay off the benefit of the benefit. And then you got to create an offer and all those types of things. So you can see how that takes time and and, and and that's what you've been able to do in your direct to consumer campaign. And and, yeah. and and in addition to that, Dan, it's not just television. Talk about it's it's a total omni-channel approach, and that's a yes. that's a different way of thinking of direct response today than quoting back back in the day. Yeah, and and it's and it has evolved over the years. Um, you know, and obviously digital, um, with every passing year, becomes more and more important. You know, we've had a tremendous amount of success in this campaign utilizing television uh, and also using digital to enhance that and to you know reach more people and I, I what I found is it's pretty clear that one complements the other absolutely um, and and you know hearing and, and that this isn't new right anytime you have multiple channels of advertising you know you're going to get that compounding effect but especially here where you have the ability to um, reach folks in a passive way, right. uh, you know, just as they're receiving information, but then uh, also enabling them to engage in a more active way um, and providing them, uh, providing that, that two-way communication. Yeah, and, and I would say yeah. that, you know, it's, I agree that, and I think people understand the more you see it in other places, the better. But But the difference to me, Dan, is that you're focusing on a very specific pain point and you're being very um, direct about what you're doing. Right. You're not trying to solve everybody's problems, but you're right. solving the, the main problems everywhere. So right. once they get into the funnel, if you will, yeah. they're going to learn so much more about what a great opportunity, what a great product it is. That's right. Yeah, you, you, there's one element of the product that is the hook that'll draw me in, but then once I click on that, I'm gonna. That opens me up to a whole another whole world of information uh, that I can go as deep as I want to go. And right. Find out more. Tell me a little bit about um, for our audience, for for businesses that are thinking about, mm-hmm. you know, maybe direct to consumer, or going traditional, right. um, but they're trying to either launch a brand, prop up a brand, right. change the perception of a brand, or even scale a brand, because all four of those are, are what's happening in the direct-to-consumer business. Right. What, what would you say are the three most important things that would be really important for our audience to understand for people in a position like yourself, who's responsible right. for the campaign and or a founder or something to that right. nature. Well, I guess the first thing is that um, since it, I, I still would say that even though direct response is growing as a, as a medium and more and more people are getting familiar with it, and I think the paradigms and, and just perceptions are evolving over the years and it's becoming more mainstream, I don't think it's mainstream 
yet. Like, I, I don't know hmm. that it's being thought of as mainstream. And so as I'm looking at it, um, you know, part, part of what, what I would need to do or what I have done is, um, you know, internally, folks need to understand what it is you're trying to do. And all the things that we just got done talking about, about how, you know, it gives you the ability to tell the story and you can reach lots of folks in a cost-effective mm -hmm. way and you can support your retail partners, that those become the reasons, mm -hmm. right? But then, you know, turning the page from that is, okay, I know why I'm pursuing it, but really understanding how, do, how does direct response give me those things? Um, and, and as an organization, do I have the chops? Do I have the core competency? to pull it off. Like, you know, it, this isn't maybe, you know, you might be thinking this isn't like just going to an agency and, and, and having them, you know, put together a campaign from start to finish. Well, actually, um, you know, in, in the time, Ken, that we've spent together working mm -hmm. on this and working with script to screen and, and, uh, and M2, um, it, it has been somewhat of a turnkey uh, in some respects, mm -hmm. uh, a turnkey relationship where, you know, having a partner with a strong background and a proven track record in history of creating world-class content, mm -hmm. right. And, and creating those messages is, is important, right. Developing a partnership, making sure that, you know, and working with a, with, with a strong uh, production arm with, you know, with folks that, that are, that, that this is, this is what they do, mm -hmm. making sure that they can take your message and turn it into a compelling, uh, a compelling show, a compelling, mm -hmm. uh, uh, digital campaign, but then also a partner that understands all of the aspects of managing a campaign. So there's the, there's the show creation, right? There's the scripting, there's the shooting, there's the production. Mm -hmm. Um, but then, how on earth do you take a traditional company that might have a warehouse that, you know, ships domestic availability to retail customers? They don't, they, they've never heard of any, anything like infomercial right. fulfillment or right. 3PL or, yeah, and, yeah. And, 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 you know, all the aspects of that from, you know, from media buying to offer development, to call centers, to fulfillment centers, all these things, it can be, you know, pretty overwhelming to think about mm -hmm. unless you realize that, um, you know, that there, there's, you can go, uh, you know, and work with a, with an agency like script to screen and, and, and they can walk, walk you through the entire process. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and, um, there, there's no need for core competency in each of those areas. The only thing that's needed internally with, uh, is what am I trying to accomplish? Right. Mm -hmm. You know, what do I have a good product? Do I have a good story? Do I know where I'm trying to go? Um, is that's real. And, and the desire to give it a to give it a try. That's awesome. So if I if I'm going to I'm just going to go over that. And if you want to add anything to that, because I think these are really three really strong points that yeah. I don't care who the brand or the business or whatever it is. What Dan just said are three really important things. And the first one is. Educate the team and get buy-in. Right. You know, because I, I know you know what it's like when you're all excited about something and not everybody's on board. And it's and to pull off something like this, everybody has to be bought in. But yep. it starts from you or the you know the CMO or the founder that has to educate what this looks like because it looks differently. It's a different looking animal. So, right. so educate the team and buy in from the from the team. 
The other the other thing is work with experts. I think that's what I heard. Work with experts from right. creation, execution, ongoing management, optimization, media. Work with experts who've been there, done that, right? Right. And 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 just realizing that you know it's not all of the things that make up a successful campaign, and there are many, um, don't have to be micromanaged by the company, right? Right. It could be It could be. There's an agency that can step in and 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 assist. Right. And then the third would be understand your KPIs. What are you right. trying to accomplish? Because for some, and and some of them, some KPIs that we work with are, I want to drive retail sales, and then I will create a financial model that allows me to do that, where I can either use it as a subsidy. Or I can it can be a profit center, but the end goal is to drive retail. In your case, it's to make front end sales, build the brand, drive retail, so it opens more opportunities for Kenmore. Is that is that a correct assessment? Yeah, that's fair. I, I think also it's 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 you know once it's a way to help us get on the shelf right at top tier retailers, and then once we are on the shelf, um, it's a way to to help drive business into the store as well. So um, it's, right. a, it's a very important component to it. Um, and then also the, um, you know, the partially self-funded nature of it, the subsidy, as we call it, Correct. Uh, is so, so critical to being able to, to reach as many people as you can. And, and it goes back to the fact that, um, you know, if you're a smaller company and you have right. big aspirational goals, you don't have to have those oodles and oodles of dollars of cash if you do it smart because right. you can build up to it and build up to it and build up to it, which is what you're doing. So you're you're yeah. you are in a in a situation where you're getting money back immediately, maybe not everything, right. but money back right. immediately. But your other KPIs are to get on shelf. And once you're on shelf and established, right, it gives more opportunity for the business. Right. Well we're running a campaign that's, you know, roughly 3x the size of what it's costing us to run. So in other words, we're getting a lot more bang for the money that's being spent. You know, Can you say that again? What has direct-to-consumer done for you? <laughs> you know, it's it's giving giving me the ability to have a campaign that's basically 3x what it would be if it was a traditional without a direct response component to it. I'm just going to say, and the reason why Dan can make that comment is because Dan came to us with the team, the executives all bought in. So Dan is he's 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 preaching and doing what he said he's done. So the team bought bought in, the founders, we met everybody, everybody was bought in. You work with experts, you understand what your KPIs are, and you're you're nimble enough to understand how to adjust those KPIs as it changes, right? Because these right. campaigns adjust and change right would you that's right would you say yeah. that's pretty accurate totally and and you know having our you know our weekly call where we can look at all the results from the week and it really is that dynamic where we're looking week to week as to what the performance are what are the key drivers in the campaign mm -hmm. uh, making little adjustments as we go mm -hmm. uh, and optimizing the campaign from week to week absolutely and that 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 you don't get that level of feedback uh, with a lot of traditional marketing campaigns Right. right, you know, you're 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 throwing a dart and you hope you hit the the target. Right. Um, whereas this, we we literally know every single week exactly how we're doing. Right. Um, 
and and we can adjust based on that. Right. And 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 what exactly is the dart we're pulling out to accomplish what we want to accomplish? When you when you talk about this direct response, direct to consumer campaign, um, one of the things that you said was get on shelf and then yeah. make sales. So how does an a direct response commercial like what we've done in you know short form and in mid form and long form and our digital. Yep. What is it doing that is providing the tool or the mechanism for that that consumer to walk into that store in that zero moment of impact where there's a wall of right. vacuums? What is it that this campaign is doing that's making that person choose the Kenmore yeah. intuition? It's good. Good. It's a good question. I, I, I think it. I think what you're what we're doing over time is you're planting seeds in in people's minds. You're you're, you're giving them things to think about. You know, I might watch five minutes of a show or ten minutes of a thirty minute show, or maybe I'll catch it twice in a different place. When it, you know, I, you know, chances are I'm not necessarily sitting down and watching the entire thirty minute show from start to finish. Mm-hmm. But in but the way that it's structured is there's enough references to the uniqueness of the product all the way through that even if I've only seen bits and pieces, if I'm, if I'm in the, if I'm actually in the retailer and I'm doing the shopping and I'm looking down the line, I'm, I'm making my price value compares and trying to figure out what the best product is to buy. If I can pluck out of the back of my brain, the fact that, you know, last week I happened to see somebody that was using this product and was delighted by the fact that how easy it was to empty and how they don't have to empty it for, you know, a month or two at a time and how great it does on all the other vacuuming jobs. And that stuck with me. Um, I'm going to be much more likely to spend more time checking that one out mm-hmm. and, 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 you know, comparing to, to what else is available. You know, not everyone's going to pick up the phone and order a product right then. Correct. But, but, um, but they are, they are absorbing the information, whether it's through the television or whether it's digitally. Um, and when it comes time to make the purchase, uh, or maybe they'd be quicker to upgrade than they otherwise might have been because something's right. right? right. Um, that that um, you know they're they're coming in as a more educated, basically as a more educated, educated buyer, consumer. yeah, or educated consumer. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, you know, I'm, they're coming in with a bit of information that someone who didn't see it might not have. Right. Right. Um, and, and they, they might be making their decision based on a completely different criteria. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. And you multiply that by the time that right. you air and the people that go in the stores and you can see how it could become a profitable yes. venture. Let's just think about, and I'd love to get your feedback uh, to this question for our audience is that it, there's no denying that the consumer journey today is so different. I may wake up in the morning, watch TV. I may text, check my phone. I may listen to radio. I may be on my computer at the office. I'm back on Facebook. I'm the, the journey changes. Talk about how a direct-to-consumer is perfectly positioned to be is to to follow that journey that potential customer has because people believe, and I've heard this many times, Dan. They go, well. You know, I don't watch TV or, or you know, who's watching TV, but that's, right. it's a, an important, it's an extremely important part, but it's, but it's not the end all, right? 
Sure. Well, I mean, I, you know, we don't have to guess. I mean, I can see because we look at the results every week, right? I know that somebody's watching. Um, <laughs> exactly. And, a lot of people and, watching. Right? A lot of people are watching and, and, and also we're reaching a lot of people digitally, but I mean, that's what, again, going back to the earlier point, it goes hand in hand. I think that, you know, it, we are in an environment today that is that that it's it's different than the environment 10, 15 years ago. The nice thing about what we're doing here is we're adapting, right? So we're not just relying 100% on one vehicle to communicate. Right. Um, and um, you know, and what direct response does that a lot of other ways of advertising does not is it, it, the, it gives you feedback that is, like I said before, was so accurate mm -hmm. that you can act on it and make those changes week to week. So, you know, you can make sure that you're getting in front of the most people. In closing, I just want to, uh, first of all, thank you for the time that you spent with us today and, and the, the valuable information that you have given. Because the, one of the reasons why we do this Thought Leader uh, Thursday Leadership Webinar Series is we have made a decision as a company that what we've done speaks for itself. And when I say something, people think that I'm trying to sell a message. And yeah. I'm so thankful that you're here to help me tell the audience that that it's not Ken saying this. We've actually did it together. It's it's yeah. working and, and it, it, it really happens. So yeah. so in final question to you, if if you were to if you were to um Look at your young self. Think about Dan Bilger who's getting into the marketing and, and product development business. What would you want to know then that you've learned today that could help you in your business and grow in your career? Sure. Uh, I, I think um, – And I realize I cut you off guard on that. Yeah, yeah. No, it's, it's, <laughs> there's a lot to, lot to, to sift through there. Uh, but I, 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 think, I think that it's – it's about perspective. You know, I mean, I then unfortunately, sometimes I think the only way you can gain perspective is by is, is the experiences that you that you have over time. But mm -hmm. um, but having perspective when, when I what I mean by that is when you when you when you're evaluating a product or a category or an opportunity or a brand, uh, being able to look at um, the end game or where you think that ultimately you could get to not what a net not and and resist the urge to be narrowly defined by some other external uh, metric that may or may not match up with what you have at your disposal that might be a little bit abstract but but i i guess i guess what i'm what i mean is um you know really get on you know don't be afraid to recognize what's in front of you mm -hmm. and evaluate it on the basis of what's in front of you as opposed to trying to mold it to, to kind of, um, to fit a preconceived notion of what you'd like to have in front of you. And then if, what, if what you have in front of you is not what you'd like to have in front of you, what can you do to make it that way? <laughs> that's great. No, that's, that's awesome. Because I think I, oh man, that's, that's so well put Dan, because I think that people look at, they go, well, it has to do this. Well, maybe, Maybe there are there there are external circumstances that aren't going to let it do this. But if you're if you have perspective and you understand, if I just did this a little bit, I can still get to the same place. I just might get there a little differently and and have the humility and the open mindness to do it. 
Yeah. And, 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 and not be afraid to tell yourself, no, that's not going to work, <laughs> you know, and maybe kind of take a step back and, 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 and take a different approach. Yeah. Um, I think that that is probably, you know, uh, along the lines of, you know, just having honesty, ha having a, you know, an internal voice that, that you're honest with yourself, uh, as you, as you evaluate opportunities. Yeah. Sometimes, yeah. Yeah. sometimes a dud's a dud. That's right. Or, or, you know, as, as much as, as much as the organization or you might want it to be something, if it's not, it's not. It's not. Right. Yeah. And at the same time, yeah. there's a, there's a glimmer that you see that others won't. Right. And it's your opportunity to, to pull that out and to, to help yeah. people see what, what everyone else, what, what exactly. you, what you see. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So, you know, that, you know, when, when you when you finally hit it, um, and you say this is, you know, people are really going to be, you know, really going to benefit from this mm -hmm. innovation or this new idea or whatever it is, um, you know, then, you know, then it's all about getting the word out and, and telling the story. This and I, I'm sorry I lied to you. This is my last question because it just made me, okay. think of, make me think of something. So you understand in your business, one of the major um, opportunities for business is the International Houseware Show. Yep. And that was taken away in 2020. Um, it's now pushed into the summer of 2021. Great. So if you are a brand, if you're a company in the housewares business, mm -hmm. what, are the th what are the things that you would recommend um, companies that are in the same space to be thinking about differently for 2021? Because sales goals don't change. Right, everything doesn't change. It's just how we go about it is obviously changing and changing on a consistent right. basis. But what would your recommendation be there for people in your position? Yeah, I, I mean, 20, look, twenty twenty was a, a crazy year for all of us for so many different reasons, and the fact that the houseware show was was canceled. I mean, it's not a surprise. It was the right decision. This yeah. was all the way back in March. So at the time, I mean, actually, that was one of the very first things that got canceled. This was before anybody even knew how serious or how far reaching, uh, the pandemic would be ultimately become. Mm -hmm. But, um, we, we had to adapt, you know, we had to adapt. We, 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 we weren't going to, you know, pack up our, our, our toys and go home. I mean, we had a product to launch and we were planning on that March houseware show, um, to really get our message out and, and to really meet with a lot of key stakeholders, we had to do it virtually. We had to do it remotely. You know, we couldn't even travel and go to see them in person, um, you know, because as the months wore on, it it, it became you know, clear that that just wasn't going to happen. Um, and so, you know, we were successful in in um, in, in in making those relationships, um, but we had to adapt. And I think that having the content of what you and I worked on together mm -hmm. um, as part of the package in communicating ultimately what we had to offer helped set us apart in a, what arguably was a pretty difficult situation and that you couldn't sit across the table from anybody. You know, I think that as we look forward into 2021, I mean, um, it's, uh, you know, and the show being in August, I mean, that's somewhat problematic because by the time August rolls around, all the decisions for the fall and, and, and the following spring have, have already been made uh, in many cases, or definitely the fall. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, we'll go, we'll go, you know, we'll go to the show, you right. know, we'll, 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 um, we'll do all the things that we wish we could have done this year, mm -hmm. but, but, um, 
you know, we, we, you guys have to figure out different ways of doing it. Yeah. You, know, you have to, you know, utilize, uh, uh, you know, the virtual communication and, and, uh, we got really good at, at demonstrating product in the office using cell phone cameras and mm-hmm. things like that. And uh, us working together on content that you can send yeah. specifically to a retailer or a buyer yeah. or whatever. Yeah, was, that, that, that definitely made an impact. And, and, you know, having, having that, that's what I was referring to that content yeah, yeah. that you can share, um, you know, just to make it real, um, yeah. you, you know, cause you can say, Oh yeah, I'm going to run advertising. Like, yeah, I've heard that before. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, but, um, but to be able to say, no, I really am. And, and here's what it looks like, right. um, made a, made a huge difference. And I think, I think that what I take away from that is, um, yeah. you're making, you've been making your case all year long through direct to consumer marketing and advertising. You've been making yes. your case. So by the time they see you, they're like, Oh, I know who you guys are because you've been making your case. So right. maybe that is the 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 recommendation to other businesses yeah. make a case. Yeah, yeah, I, absolutely. And and I think you know in this case we've had to just start running because you know the gun never went off, right? <laughs> right. We just yeah. we just had to start running, and, and we went out and we did it. Um, and I think that now as we as we roll into the following year. Um, you know, we're having all the same conversations, but now we have some, some mileage under our, to be able to say, you know, we, we did this right. and, and, and moving forward, whether or not, you know, we could get you on board in year one, we certainly can get you on board in year two. And right. so, um, you know, even in that difficult environment where, um, you know, I, I, it would have been ideal to, to get more retailers on board from day one. Clearly, we still have the opportunity to um, to, to build on that momentum because there's not a it's not a short term strategy; it's a long term strategy. Yeah. but what a leg up you yeah. built up for yourself. 100%. Yeah, hundred percent. Awesome, Dan. Thank you so much. Um, I know our audience is going to get a tremendous amount of value. If people if people um, want to know a little bit more about Kenmore and Cleva and and specific things that you might be able. How would people get a hold of you? How, 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 what are your contact that you're comfortable with? Um, you know, I think um, I'm fairly active on on LinkedIn, okay. um, and I think that's probably the best way to do it. Um, is to reach out to me via LinkedIn and yep. have a fairly extensive network. I don't even know how many connections. It's 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 a lot. Um, and so yeah, that that that's something that's probably the best. And and then that makes it so easy to connect and and. Yeah. Uh, take take conversations offline as need be. Again, thank you very much for being our guest on um, Thought Leader Thursdays here at Script the Screen and appreciate it. Sure.